Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we have a road trip with the panda. Yeah. Hello, panda. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How have you been? Been very well. Been on vacation. Vacation? Vacation. Where'd you go? Why do you want to (laughs) know? Where did you leave your mother to go? My own mother. Yeah. Could have came with us? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Now we were in Mexico for a good week and a half and then we and then we met up. You and me met up in San Antonio. This is correct. We were in San Antonio. So how was Mexico? What was that like? It was great. It was good. It was hot. Cancun was cool. We started with Cancun and then we went down south a little bit more about an hour and it was really cool. It's just I've never been to Mexico before, and um, a lot of people from up here have been. Surprisingly, a lot of people from our town have been. Right. So, you know, I, w- I would recommend if you ever go down, you do take a Spanish interpreter. <laughs> you know, they, it, well, the thing was, too, a lot of places we went to, they spoke really pretty well English. Well, English well. They spoke English well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't speak English well. <laughs> But it was a good time. It was good. The beaches were great. Food was good. Alcohol was there. Uh, alcohol was involved. Yeah. Okay. So it was good. It was a good time. So now back in America, we mm-hmm. have Thanksgiving. So for this special episode of on Thanksgiving, last year we talked about a couple of things surrounding Thanksgiving. One being how Wednesday before is basically known as Blackout Wednesday because it is America's most alcoholic purchasing day, if you will. Blackout Wednesday? Yes. It's the most, so they buy the most alcohol on. To get drunk. On Wednesday? On Wednesday to deal with their families. Thursday. On Thursday. Seems ass backwards, but. No. No. You gotta prepare. You gotta drink when your cousins and your uncles or whatever's are coming up. You gotta no. deal with their bullshit that day. See, he doesn't know these things because he doesn't have a hard life. He has a wonderful mother. Uh huh. He's got my hard life. <laughs> <laughs> you know he what does, I do? He does. You know what I do for a living? <laughs> dramatic family oh my members. God. You're the dramatic family member. No. Yes. No. no. So he's very privileged, guys. The panda is very privileged. Panda <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But also, too, last year, because when we talk about getting together for family or doing activities with our family, and about this time of year, people start plotting and planning their camping trips the following year to spend, I think, better quality time 
with the people that they really like to hang out with whilst camping. So in keeping in honor of that tradition, tonight the panda and I are going to share a couple of interesting, haunted, international, and one not so international places that you can go camping come next year. So we're going to start with the Dunvegan Providential Park in Alberta, Canada. Now, this park is actually the site of the Providence's first settlement of fur trades. So they had a bunch of fur trades posts there in conjunction with the Hudson Bay Company. They had a church. They had a rectory building. They had basically a fort there. And so over time, obviously, things evolved. Some of the buildings collapsed. And nowadays, Canadians, other people, non-Canadians, can go camping at this park. And it is actually considered to be one of the most paranormal campgrounds in Canada. So what's going on here? Well, one of the most typical paranormal activity is that of a woman and this woman is believed to have died during a very like terrible snowstorm who was walking around looking for her husband who was missing during the snowstorm while she was holding a lantern so in the area of the north hill it is believed that this woman with her lantern tends to haunt this particular area, because she's basically reliving the night that she died with the lantern. So it has been said that people see the woman and they see this strange light on the North Hill. And and bear in mind, they do believe the paranormal activity is happening here in this particular area because this is where they found the woman's body after the storm had passed. Now, she's not alone. Like I had said before, some of the old buildings still remain, and this includes one of the old rectory buildings. And it is said that one of the most interesting paranormal activities is that of the sighting of a priest who is seen sitting at the desk in the rectory. He's also seen looking out of a window and... In general, people just have this overwhelming sensation of being watched throughout the entire park, including, in particular, this section of the Dunvegan Bridge. And this area is also known to be haunted, too, by probably a different woman than the first woman. According to reports, this bridge is haunted by the ghost of a woman dressed in a long white hooded cloak, she is barefoot, and she tends to be seen, like I said, on the bridge or around the river because this campground does have a river. I believe it's called the Peace River. And she's known as the Gray Lady, and she tends to be seen during, like, the winter months because people have seen her walking, like I said, barefoot in the snow during the winter time during while it's snowing so and people will even see her to the point where they'll pull over 
and say, or stop her and say, are you okay? Do you need any assistance? And she never responds. Sometimes she even just ups and disappears right in front of them. And, you know, she's on her merry little ghosty way. So she doesn't even acknowledge Correct. them? Correct. She just keeps going. Right. And it, like I said, this is a park. People can't go camping there. And a side note, if you are into paleontology, believe it or not, at this particular park, they've actually found dinosaur prints in the south bank of this particular valley. And they actually made a cast of the dinosaur footprints. And you can actually see the cast at the interpretive center and tourist center of this particular area, of this particular park. So, you know, come for the ghosts, stay for the dinosaurs, and enjoy, you know, hopefully you have an awesome camping paranormal experience in good old Alberta, Canada. Come for the ghosts, stay for the dinosaur. Right. Check it out. That's cool. So, that is Camping Site International. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go camping anywhere. You don't even have to leave. You could stay in good old-fashioned California. This is true. Yes, this is very true. You could just stay, and you don't go very far. You don't have to go to, <laughs> you don't have to, go to Canada to see the dinosaurs. <laughs> but you can if you want to. If you want to. Well, you, you can just go to California, as I said, and go to Lake, Lake Marina. Lake Marina. Yes. Where is this located? About 42 miles out of San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. So South. South, Car- South California. Okay. So the biggest thing about this lake is it, it's, it's natural, but around 1915, a man named Charles Hatfield. As in the Hatfield and the McCoys? No. Nothing okay. to do with that. It's okay. 1915. Okay. Separate so, issue. Separate place. Yeah. Separate issue. Separate places. No cowboys or guns blazing. <laughs> okay. So Charles Hatfield was hired because he was considered a rainmaker. Now, this wasn't an uncommon thing back then because there was a lot of droughts, especially in this area, but he was claimed to be, you know, produce rain. Well, a lot of people don't realize that California, for the most part, and especially the south, is desert. Well, right, yeah, Death Valley. Correct. And it leads into Mexico, deserts everywhere, yes. Yes. So, you know, San Diego not being too far, you know, it had its fair share of droughts. So... Lake Marina actually has a dam, and there's plenty of rivers that run from it, and a lot of homes, especially around this time. You know, it's not like it's not uncivilized, but it's not a huge city. So they, but they hired this guy for ten thousand dollars. It's not there's no formal paper write up for it. Okay. So it's a you know you help us out. The city officials will say I will pay ten thousand dollars if you make it rain. Okay. So and and, and you know a lot of people were skeptical to the idea. Of someone could just well, make it's rain. 1915. I mean, it's it's not like the world believes in magic. Well, right, but you still like this white man's gonna come make rain. He's a white he's a white scientist. Okay, Caucasian. Sorry. Okay. So, but he he he's done this before, and he actually he creates this water tower. It's not water tower, but a tower that he actually kind of reaches up, and he actually somehow he 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 sciences it. Best way to put science it. Science bitch. Science bitch. Science okay. bitch. Well. It's my understanding he released something into... Right, he releases like a, mi- a mixture of minerals and chemicals and everything, you know, just how the Powerpuff Girls were made, you know? Okay. Sugar, spice, and everything <laughs> nice, and he just threw it up there. He Powerpuffed it? Right. Okay. 
So he throws it up there, and he, it, rain happens. But it happens for 15 days, 15 days worth of rain. Okay. So for him, he's like, I did a great job. Right. But unfortunately, after the rain's kind of said and done, there was projected over, I think it was like $100,000. Maybe, I think it was more than that. Sorry, $3.5 million worth of damage done to the city and to all the towns and homes on the, based off the rivers. And so the, it flooded. It flooded. The rivers flooded. The dam flooded. Everything flooded, and homes were destroyed, and people were, were killed. How many people? It's, it's not of an exact number because they don't have a registered okay, thing, right, okay. but they estimated 20 to 60 people. So it's a big gap. So they weren't prepared for the rain, the flood. Right. They want the rain, but they didn't know it was going to rain. Rain, rain. Rain, rain. So rivers over flooded, people drowned, and were killed. Property damage. Right. So, okay. But, you know, he's still going, hey, you know. I did my job. I did my job. I would like my $10,000. And then they were like, no, no, you owe us some, you know, some sort of repentance. Okay. Yeah. So they try, like, lynching him. He's just like, fuck that. So let's go to court. And so they go to court. And he, the, the court system has to label it as an act of God. That's what they say. <laughs> to, to be able to make sure he doesn't get in trouble and then the city doesn't have to pay him. So it's a double-edged sword. Right. So, but he still tries to take it to court later, but he still doesn't win and still like, chalk it up an act of God. Okay. So how does this play into the... So what plays into it is now, if you were to stay there, there's multiple reports of uh, spirits, basically. One specifically being a lady in white who shows up in the middle of the night or even at sunrise. People will see this woman walking through the woods and, you know, they're just like, what the fuck? And they try to approach it, and it should disappear. Okay. Campers have stated that there's been footsteps outside their tents. There's not supposed to be anybody. They've even stated that their bodies have floated up to the water in the lake itself, but there's nothing there. Like, they see the bodies. They see the bodies, they freak out, and they go back, and it's gone. So, phantom, phantom... Phantom corpses. They see floating corpses, or ghosts, maybe. Okay. So... Reliving their final moments, probably. Right. So, I mean, for all we know, too, the, all the campsites are probably where the water used to be because, you know, a lot of places around here have lost, you know, their their sea level. Right. Or water levels, I guess. Right. Lake level. Lake level. So, they, it's just numerous events of people reporting they see these things out there. Even the rangers who stay out there, they see figures standing through the windows looking at them from the out, you know, while they're sleeping, and they look outside, and bam. There's a dark figure. Right. In a trench coat, like 1915 style kind of clothing. Right. Just staring at him. Okay. So, but they, you know, they don't find all the bodies or any of these people. So, that, I mean, it's a very good possibility that this is really haunted for, so if you want to go camping and see a floating body probably. <laughs> and this was Lake. Marina. Marina. 40 and miles south of San Diego? San Diego. Okay. So, it's also considered. A high UFO spot, too. Oh. Activity area. So because Mr. Minerals threw up the lightning <laughs> rod and said, here I am. Is his rain tower still there? Uh, I do not believe so. The li- the dam is still there and everything, but his work is gone. Okay. So UFOs, phantom flooded corpses, ladies in white. Sounds like a perfect haunting campground. All right. Sue... So Kind of 
opening our books, our passport books, and crossing the pond, heading to England this time. We're going to go to what is called the Screaming Woods, but formerly known as the Daring Woods in Kent, England. Is it like the 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 forest of Japan? Suicide forest? No, no. Okay. That I don't know if you can go camping in the suicide forest of Japan. But people do go camping in the Daring Woods. And so like I said, it's located in Kent, but it this particular forest is situated between the village of Smarden and Pluckley in Kent. And it is believed just in the woods alone that there are at least 15 active spirits and not all of them are friendly. So let's talk about what's going on. People who go, and like I said, they're, they're camping. In fact, because of the paranormal activity here, uh, a lot of ghost hunters will camp there um so visitors campers will hear blood curling screams coming from some dark deep portion of the forest at night and sometimes supposedly during the day as well as hearing footsteps when like phantom footsteps disembodied footsteps and disembodied whispers especially on foggy days. Now, of course, in the woods, there's always some story. So, people believe that the woods are, especially the screaming part, are caused by the people that have gotten lost in the woods and were never found. Then there's also the story of an army colonel who, in the 18th century, committed suicide there. In addition to him, his death, there's the story of this, you know, piece of shit douche highwayman who was robbing and killing everybody. And the villagers were like, fuck this. They captured him. They nailed him to a tree. And they beheaded him. So... Between the villagers going missing, the highwayman being killed, and quite possibly this colonel who committed suicide, they really think that this has fueled this paranormal activity. But on top of all this, and who knows who else is buried there? I mean, you know, people. Right. People used to live there before with names, names of the forest itself. Right. Uh, in 1948, on November 1st, at 8 a.m. in the morning, the police get this hor- you know, horrific panic call. And the caller tells them that they discovered 20 bodies in the forest, and 11 of them are children, and they're just dead. The bodies are kind of laid out in a way where the police who are investigating this crime don't think it had one particular killer because the way the bodies are kind of laid out. 
But here's the clincher to this. The night before, which would have been Halloween, but I don't know if, because I don't think England even celebrates Halloween now, if in 1948 there was any recognition of Halloween, but even in the woods, okay? The night before, on Halloween, the villagers reported seeing very strange lights coming in the woods, like, you know, uh, emanating in the woods, and just weird shit, like, this doesn't normally happen, modern day 1948, but I mean, that's not saying a whole lot for 1948. Now, like I said, the bodies were found basically in, like, on on top of each other, like a mound of flesh, and not a single body had any evidence as to how they died. No broken bones, no bruises, nothing. And on, on top of that, for the autopsies that were conducted, they found no reason as to why any of these people died. There's, there was nothing. And so the authorities come to the conclusion that this must be carbon monoxide poisoning in the middle of a forest, in open air. So I... Right. So then, for some reason, and I'm not really sure, I couldn't find why, but this man, who was a private investigator by the name of Robert Collins in 1964, so we're talking 12, 16 years later, he decides he's going to find out what potentially happened. And he goes around and he starts asking a bunch of questions because there was a theory or maybe even an underlining murmur of an unknown religious cult that may have had part, you know, had part, had taken part in this situation in the village of Smarden. Now, oddly enough, or coincidentally enough, or not so coincidentally enough, a year into his investigation, he dies by a car accident. Just some rando car accident. Now, 50 years later, from the date of the November 1st, 1948, on the exact same night, so we're talking Halloween, four college students decide, you know what? Let's go check this baby out on the 50th anniversary of this. I mean, unsolved. This unsolved body found. Correct. Death flesh pile, whatever you call it. So they go into the forest, and they never come out. And just like 50 years prior, when the students went in, the villagers, you know, the locals, again reported seeing very strange like figures of light similar to spider webs in the night sky in the woods the night of the four college students and then we're talking 1998 we're talking a little over 20 years from today mm-hmm. so they had you know technology i don't think they had cell phones in 1940 or 1998 not the not the capability we have now no but like video camera tape recorders, right? anything. I mean, I don't really know to what extent or what kind of equipment, rather, that they had brought with them, 
But to me, if they were going to investigate... Well, it sounds a lot like the Blair Witch Project. Correct. So it sounds like a big premise why they made that movie. Right. So... So, just like 50 years prior, I mean, they don't have they don't have bodies to even to do an autopsy or even find. They're right. just gone. There's no evidence of anything. But the police are like, okay, it's been three weeks. We're going to close this out. Exactly what they did 50 years prior in 1948. After three weeks of finding the 20 bodies, they're like, it's been three weeks. We're going to close this out. They all just died of monoxide poisoning. The end. Put, put. So, like I said today, people will go because this is how active this particular campground, this particular woods are. Mm-hmm. And But it's gotten kind of to the point where the locals and the police are like, we may have to shut this down because you guys aren't picking up your fucking trash. Oh, they're, they're, they're destroying it. Kind of almost, yeah, yeah. 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 So they're kind of ruining it for everybody, especially if they decide to close down the campsites. Right. And then, you know, you make them do extra work to clean it and stuff. Right. In fact, that's the other thing that I read is you have to pay extra fees because of all the extra cleaning that tends to, so that they yeah. have to do. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, they're probably not listening to this right now, but. No, obviously not. But like, you know, you could suggest the idea of, you know, limit the capacity to a certain amount of people per whatever. But I mean, then again. Less people means more chance of not coming back, right? Right. So just pick up your shit, people. Pick up your garbage. What was I watching that was talking about? Oh, it's like Mount Everest. Oh yeah, they're just walking over dead bodies. Dead bodies, well, um, you know, shit and piss and food and everything. People have climbed up there so many times. So I mean, it's still you know incredible feat to do for anyone, right? To do, but people literally are just trashing this mountain. Correct. So that, you know, the locals complain about the smell, the sight, anything about it. So, it's, I mean, it's just terrible. It's just a natural thing that people will just ruin. Right. So, yeah. And that, to some extent, that's a natural uh, paranormal. Well, right. It wouldn't surprise me if that place is fucking haunted. Well, so, well the Everest probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how many people died? I mean, they're Lots. still finding people. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's just deco- decomposing bodies is not good for a mountain, I'm assuming. No, I don't think so. So. <laughs> that's why you bury people. And that's why it's not good for a forest either, so I don't know. Right. I mean, at this rate, you know, someone's got to be taking some sort of precaution or camera in there now. Right. And you know, with <laughs> nowadays, they can do live feed. Right, but that's also depending if there's... Strong s- Wi-Fi, yeah. Wi-Fi, well, not even Wi-Fi, but just service in general. Correct. So, I mean, that force, you know, maybe there's some technology in there or super, supernatural thing that's preventing us from wanting to see what's in there. Well, definitely something to consider, especially when you're going through a is it like a forest. Is it like a thick forest? Like, You know, I don't know how big it is. My assumption is it's probably slowly but surely been itched away by, you know, the growing villages. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... But of course, it is also a draw. It's it is to some degree. People come in with money. The tourists come in with money, right? They, their trash. They they probably the town probably reaps the benefits of you know spreading the the the, the rumors or the fueling the paranormal activity because I mean, 
who doesn't want to go check out a haunted forest? I mean, this I'm good. to me. <laughs> Anyone who wants to go to a forest, it's just or this is not a good idea. When I go back to England, I think I might check this place. That'd be out. cool. That'd be cool. Just Griswold it, you know, <laughs> during the day, probably like high high sun point. <laughs> no, no, you gotta gotta be there. You gotta experience no, it. No, I yeah. don't. I can go back and have my teas and crumpets and do watch Ted Lasso or something. <laughs> And go watch a football match or something. I, anything, I'm good. I don't think football's on. I'd rather run. I'd rather be scared by humanity than the <laughs> unknown. Well, there's a certainly a lot of that going around. So, okay, so that's what we have for you tonight. Three haunted campgrounds, two international, and one if you're in California, semi-local. <laughs> well, very semi-local. Those Northern Californiaers. But either way. All right. So tonight is our contest giveaway. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Yes. Here is the bucket. Do you want to do the honors there, Panda? Uh, who's listening out there? Where <laughs> <laughs> the dark corner is our bucket, official bucket. <laughs> Let's see. Macy Allen. All right. From Atlanta, Georgia. All right. So Macy Allen, congratulations! Yeah. What what was the um? Because they were supposed to say what their favorite episode. Oh, was. I was wondering why I said Krampus. Oh, this <laughs> <laughs> is like maybe that's her AKA name. <laughs> so her favorite one was Krampus. Krampus. All right, Macy. All right. Good job. I'll be dropping. I'm assuming she provided her. I, I, you printed it out. <sighs> yes. Okay. All right. Thank you for your address. I will be dropping this off in the mail tomorrow. All right. So this is what we have for you tonight. On to other business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I have a Facebook page. If you are interested and would like to check it out, send me a request. Now, also to Panda once we, again. We are we are developing other ways to get We're gonna make the, this group public. <laughs> Uh, has volunteered again to take over the TikTok or Instagram or. Just say we're working on it. Right. <laughs> I don't know why you're putting this on me. <laughs> In the meantime, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, or if you have a specific haunted campground that you'd like us to discuss, send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, Panda? Maybe we've been camping in a while. I know. We haven't. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Mm -hmm.